Hello, Hardcore Finance Show listeners. Today, Alex and Shimon are doing a very special episode uh, outside in the street, on the streets of our nation's capital. Walking around DC, looking at the beautiful metro buses, the beautiful buildings, the people, and walking to the National Mall. So, you know, today we decided to get together a little bit, walk and talk and record this pod. We'll really talk about, let's talk about Tornado Cash and Ethereum's proof of work to proof of stake uh, conversion. What do you think about that? Yeah, uh, sounds like great topics to me. Uh, Tornado Cash is very fitting because uh, here are the halls of power of the federal government, which is who arrested uh, one of the guys that were involved in Tornado Cash because apparently they violated OFAC sanctions. So let's talk a little bit about what happened. So here's what happened, right? Tornado Cash is a mixing service. It mixes coins. And for the first time ever, the federal government um, put uh, essentially code, which is Tornado Cash, onto the OPEC list. Basically saying that anybody using coins from there uh, is violating you know, international sanctions and so on and so forth. The interesting part, though, is one, it's a couple of parts. It's the first time people put code on the OPEC list. Usually it's individuals. Uh, two is that people start trolling each other and sending them like a half of Ethereum or part of Ethereum from from tornado cash so now like and then the whole wallet is now frozen and three a lot of companies essentially in fura which is a centralized middle layer and crypto um and others started blocking any coins coming from tornado cash to basically uh to 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 be right with the federal laws and the federal government this presents up oh, almost got hit by a car which going over here um but this presents a whole uh, array of issues, right? Because the government now can control the people, the companies that are taking money from Tornado Cash, as well as the guy who got arrested. Can you talk a little bit about why he got arrested, Shimon? Well, I mean, I, I don't know uh, personally, but I heard on a podcast that if he would have just like published some code, uh, you can't get arrested for that because that's like First Amendment uh, in the US. By the way, we don't know if the guy was a US uh, person, but um, what he was doing is he was managing. Um, some kind of community that had an input on what goes into the code and he kept managing it supposedly after they knew that uh, North Korea uh, was using the service. Uh, I don't know exactly how they notified them, but uh, but what this guy on a podcast said is that that's what needs to happen for someone to get arrested. So, uh, and again, I'm not pro-North Korea, like I think they're a terrible, you know, um, government that does terrible things but it raises the question of open source and like what are the limits of stuff that you can do uh, and then if bad people use it uh, you know are you liable then the funny thing is that same lawyer said oh yeah it's not a problem those people that like got trolled by getting 0.1 ETH into their uh, wallets they can easily unblock it, all they have to do is send a letter to the federal government saying this is the UTXO that that got, you know, the 0.1 ETH and I'm segregating this UTXO from my wallet. I'm like, okay, that, that sounds very easy, right? Like <laughs> dealing with the federal government just because somebody sent you 0.1 ETH. So it's, it's really especially, bad. Well, especially, uh, well, uh, especially in, in crypto where things move by the minute, you know, by the hour. Good luck in, you know, three months getting a letter back from the exactly. federal government. Exactly, like, your Wait, wallet is you blocked yeah. three months. is very optimistic. Yeah. <laughs> so. This whole thing is, is a bit of a problem, but it, it there's um, uh, a great podcast on YouTube 
by this guy named uh, Checkmate. So we should, you know, give give him a shout out. Uh, this this Checkmate fella. Let's walk down there, Shimon. Let's let's go to the Trump Hotel. The which is Trump now Hotel. The we'll go to the Waldorf Astoria and uh, film from there. And by the way, this is beautiful view, Pennsylvania Avenue of the nation's capital of uh, of Congress. And uh, down there, if you walk down there a little further, is the White House. But to the Waldorf Astoria, shall we? Yeah. So Ethereum is going from work to proof of stake and people are saying oh 99% more environmentally friendly blah 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 yada 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 it's a big problem because most of the stakers of ethereum are actually big big conglomerates coinbase and others and when you have that happen when you're staking this is this is a very important distinction and i think the checkmate um his youtube video posted it very well go in Oh, okay, we can't film in the world. Let's we'll film outside the world of so I sit on the bench for a little bit. So Checkmate basically uh, explained that um, that when you're when you're mining Bitcoin, you have a Bitcoin miner like an ASICs uh, chip miner. You can point it to different nodes. So if you know a mining company goes under, some of blocks, you can just take your miner, point it to a different node, and still mine. With staking, you're actually giving custody to um, we're giving custody to the staker, unless you're running your own node, which is very, very complex. So when you give custody to a staker called Coinbase, same thing happened with Celsius, right? You give custody, the company goes under, and Coinbase, by the way, declared this in the public statements. Yeah. It said, any coins you have with us are ours. You're an unsecured creditor, mm -hmm. essentially. Uh, they're not yours, you know, not, not your keys, not your coins. And that's a big issue, that's a big problem. You give it to Coinbase to stake for you. They stake it. They actually own the rights. You want your coins back and if something happens, you cannot get your coins back. You got to go through lawsuits. And, and if you double click on that problem, so like you could stake by yourself, but you need 32 ETH. Uh, and, and in order to have 32 ETH, that's like a lot of money. Not too many people have it, right? Versus now, there's a lot of home mining equipment where you can literally just have a box that's soundproof and you can just plug it into your house. And like, you know, maybe if you have solar panels, you only do it while the sun is shining instead of selling the electricity back to the grid you can use it so there's many things that you can do in a decentralized way i always thought that proof of stake is a very bad idea for government resistant things now that doesn't mean that ethereum wouldn't go up in value like many people say it will go up in value but uh that really solidifies bitcoin as an outstanding thing that it's the only thing that can be government resistant because also to your point alex if all of this eth is staked uh somewhere if the government wants to change something about Ethereum, it's very easy to pressure eight companies exactly. or like, you know, ten this, you billionaires. And I, you yeah. and I would always talk about Ethereum. We would say Ethereum is not as decentralized as Bitcoin and Vitalik and others can do whatever. I didn't buy that argument. But the argument that, you know, if you have five or six or eight companies that own 60% of the network exactly. and that are U.S. companies and the government says stop doing X, Y, Z and they oblige, now we have an issue. And, and and even forget about it, the argument on the other side could be, okay, well, North Korea. Sure, we can all agree North Korea, you know, bad from the government. However, let's look at what's happening in the world geopolitically. You know, Russia, Ukraine. Look, I'm Ukrainian. I'm not pro-Russia, pro-Putin. But any country in the world, the U.S. can say, you know what, we're now against Russia and uh, her allies. Russia, Iran, North Korea, China, Venezuela, Brazil, South Africa, they're all now 
forming the India, they're all forming this group of bricks, right? So what? Does that mean that half the world now will be not allowed to participate, you know, on, on Ethereum because the U.S. government says so, and the stakers and and you know local U.S. stakers are going to stop it? So we're going to stop Indians from joining. This is a very plausible scenario based on what's happening, and that's a problem. Yeah, and not only that, but like. The idea is not just sanctioning countries like for example we all know that there's a big problem with debt global debt and so at some point there's going to be a lot of inflation or there's going to be a lot of economic instability guess who they're going to blame for uh the economic instability they're going to blame people who hold crypto because like if crypto appreciates right and if if it really acts as a hedge against the, the current system and so they don't even have to block they, they can say look we need a 20% tax on every transaction in crypto, like a special sales tax or whatever. And then if most of the validators uh, sit in the US, they don't even have to sit in the US. Like if, if it's a company, let's say that sits outside of the US, the US can just say, if you continue doing this, we're blocking you from like Amazon Web Services and Google Cloud and Microsoft, right? So there's a lot of levers that the US can pull against big corporations. Now, the question is, uh, some people say, well, the staking will be decentralized, but I don't think so. I don't think enough people have. I think if you have 32 ETH, you're much more likely to have a lot more than 32 ETH. Yeah. Right? And so it, it's like a centralizing force. It's going to be centralizing also because <clears throat> because staking. Uh, let, let's walk. Shimon wants to walk. We're going to walk. Why don't we walk down there now in Pennsylvania towards the towards the capital a little bit? Um, look, staking staking is going to be centralized because it's hard to do. It's just very hard to write your own code and actually stake. So you're going to deposit it somewhere to stake for you. How many of us now stake Polkadot, Cardano, and so on? If you own these coins, you don't stake it yourself. You go into a pool and you go into tools that are that are that are staking it for you. And then this is and we're look we're the crypto uh, advanced. You know, everyone out here, if we just come up and we should ask people if they know anything about Bitcoin. We should we should do this live and <laughs> some other time. Ah, <laughs> uh, some other time. Why? What's this lady over here? This is the FBI building. We should ask people we should, that go out of there. We should FBI go building. go to the FBI building right there and say, hey, let's go. Let's look. We should do this live. Hey, now this is gonna give us some hits. Uh, <laughs> It was nice hardcore, knowing you all. Hardcore finance show. We're going to go to the FBI and ask them. We should, we're totally going to do this. We're gonna, no, why not? We'll go to the FBI and say we're recording a show about Bitcoin. How, what do you guys think? Um, Just the facial recognition and their security cameras. I don't want to be. <laughs> too late. Um, so, so anyway, so the point is it's very hard to stake, right? So people are going to use these protocols. I, you know, incidentally, as we're talking about this, this might be a gigantic bull case of Bitcoin. People will figure this out sooner or later. Ethereum merging, moving away from proof of work, might be the biggest bull case on Bitcoin ever. I think so. I think so because like now it's going to be very clear that there's Bitcoin case, and yeah. everything else. Yeah. Like, if, you know, when Ethereum said, oh, it's ultrasound money or whatever, you know, you could make the case, oh, what's their burn rate? What's their inflation rate? I heard some Ethereum bull. By the way, I really have a personal a pet peeve. There's so many people. I, I heard that podcast with someone He's a billionaire and he became, he was a dishwasher in a restaurant and then he just bought a shit ton of Bitcoin in 2012 yeah. and he became a billionaire and now he's an ETH maxi. I'm like, you made all your money with Bitcoin and now you're switching. First of all, why do you, anyway, it's, it's just weird to me, all these people that made a lot of money on Bitcoin and now they're moving to well, other projects. That, that could be just their own, let's say they, they, they've changed their thesis. Okay. You know, like 
they yeah. were brave ones. Maybe they want to be. I don't know. I, I just feel some uh, loyalty to uh, you know to the bee to, to the orange pill. But um, no, my point is so when you have these arguments of like both systems are proof of work, and then the argument is like, okay, how decentralized is it? Uh, you know. What's the issuance schedule? What's the inflation rate? How many developers do you have there? Sorry, Shima, one second. I just want to show that. If we're going to get back, we're walking right next to the IRS. These are our, our friends. Our tax man cometh. We're, we're here between, <laughs> between the IRS and the FBI. Between the FBI and the IRS. Let's go. <laughs> hardcore finance show. Okay. <laughs> we should do more of these. <laughs> these, are, these are fun. Okay. So sorry. We can show Congress people as they leave them. Let's go to the... Oh, we should totally have an episode. <laughs> we go to the, the Capitol. And uh, <laughs> this is going to be the best episode ever, by the way. Uh, we should go to Congress and then start trolling and asking... Uh, we're going to... Guys, we're coming. We're telling you right now. We're going to totally do this. We're going to go to Congress and... Uh, and and this, oh wait, sorry, sorry, we forgot. We so, so this is the this is the IRS, this is the FBI, and here, Shimon, what do we have? Department of Justice. Department of Justice. Department of Justice. Perfect place to talk about Bitcoin. So you're saying Ethereum, ultrasound money. So so yeah, basically now we're getting away from the conversation of like comparing uh, technicalities between two proof of work systems. And now we'll have one proof of work, one proof of stake. Now I think, actually. Like Saifedina Moose said uh, on his podcast something very interesting, which is like Bitcoin is not a good thing to use to commit crimes because it's like an open ledger. Everybody can, you know, like people leak information afterwards. They can go back and, and like arrest you. So we really don't recommend doing crimes. But what about things that today are not crimes and they can become crimes like some kind of victimless crimes, right? Like, for example, holding something while you have inflation. I mean, just look at the price of gold when uh we went off the gold standard it was 35 dollars if you had just buried some gold in your backyard and just like sat on it uh it, it went up to 850 dollars very quickly so in that scenario ethereum will be shut down or they will impose a special tax or they will even say look uh we're locking your wallet and now you need to do some things and then we'll unlock it you know they can do so many things uh, besides just like shutting it down completely. Yeah. And so, yeah, Alex, to your point, it can be a very a big bull case for Bitcoin. Also, maybe Ethereum, you know, now will just branch out into just doing innovation and finance, which is not happening on Bitcoin. And as long as it plays within the current financial system and adheres to all the rules, maybe it will be okay. What yeah. do you think about that? I mean, maybe, although there are people already, some Ethereum miners, the problem with moving off of proof of work is that you're, you're kind of killing the miners. By the way, and because, as an aside, because of Crypto Winter, if you listen to NVIDIA's, NVIDIA, who does, creates a lot of GPUs, the, the chips to mine, they had a down quarter for the first time and they blamed the softening in gaming. Oh, why gaming? Because a lot of the miners that were mining pulled out Ethereum and, and you know, Bitcoin miners because of the Crypto Winter. And then, um, and then, what's going on there? And then basically sold the miners secondhand to gamers. And so now gamers were, you know, NVIDIA suffered from that. So there are a lot of secondary effects. But the reason why I went there is because Ethereum miners are talking about forking the, the chain into Ethereum W, which is the current Ethereum, proof of work Ethereum, um, to keep it that way. And we'll see what happens. The other, here's the other main question is... We I haven't had, I just wanted to say, we no. had a marketing call uh, on, on the company that we work at, OKX. 
and we were thinking about how to say something controversial about this whole split between proof of work and proof of stake. And my idea was to do a meme where you show the pyramids and you say, we believe in proof of work. <laughs> it got rejected, but I still think it's a good idea. Well, the, the, like the Egyptian pyramids? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, let's go there by the water. Well, I was going to ask you this. You know, we, we, we talk about NFTs and uh, I'm a, I believe in them. You know, you are more skeptical. Here, we'll come around here. Here's a thought, right? If you had an NFT on Ethereum, which most NFTs are there, the value is that this is the only one, here's the proof this is my only one. Ethereum forks. Now there's two NFTs. One on the old Ethereum proof of work chain, one on the new Ethereum proof of stake chain. Which is a real NFT? Yeah, that's a very good question. I mean, I just don't think NFTs are... It's not about the chain that it's on. Because, like, I, the, the whole idea of NFTs is kind of stupid to me. Because, like, first of all, they were created on Bitcoin. They were called colored coins. The only reason why it didn't take off is because, like, there weren't any communities behind it and nobody was minting them. But, like, the technology exists. So there's nothing special about, like, uh, you know, a technology that does NFTs. So then, to your point, those two, what about, like, you can mint the same NFT? <laughs> Let's say it's a hash of a JPEG, right? Yeah. Uh, you can hash it. And then put it on many chains. No, you and can. then you, you can say, right what is the right, you know, because like, at the end of the day, the whole idea of copyright is that it's enforced by a central ledger of the government no, I don't. that recognizes that this is yours. And if someone copies yeah. it and puts it on their website, you can send the police, you know, and arrest them. And it has nothing to do with what chain or what ledger it sits on. So like, you know, maybe it's the first one. Maybe they just determine... You know, we scan all of the blockchains and yeah. the first blockchain that, that has this hash well, is the right NFT. I don't know. I think it's a little different. By the way, look at this. This is the Naval Memorial here in DC. I love this. I love this memorial. It's beautiful. Let's sit by the water and, and talk. Look, I think it's a little bit different because, yes, there is an issue with which chain it's on. But let's say a project, Board Apes says yeah. you know what we're choosing ethereum yeah we're not going to make on any other chain this is it fine but ethereum forks so even though you chose one chain you now have two outside of your so control they say we choose just like they said we choose ethereum and not solana they'll say we choose no ethereum, no but we'll now stay. the market now the market chooses the value right the market is going to choose the value you choose where to initially mint the nft i mean i agree with you i think the whole concept of nfts is flawed I mean, I don't it think it's flawed. It, it's a signature. It's a well, digital no, signature. It's, it's flawed, not because technically it's flawed. Technically, it's a good concept. It's basically a receipt. But like, the question is like, what is the enforceability of that receipt? Well, but like, if I take a board ape, right? Take a screenshot. Yeah. Put it on my website. Yeah. Nobody can do anything. No, but that's that's fine. Just like you have you have fine art and people. Most of the fine art in the world right now circulating, even in museums, are fakes. Did you know this? No, I didn't know that. So, so it's the same thing, right? It's not the real one. This is just authenticity of the, of the art piece. But I, you can take a JPEG and you can take a replica, but, you, but then somebody's saying, hey, well, this is the, you know, I'm now selling you the original. And the original has a little bit more value than that. But again, not. that's the idea that the fake versus original, you could maybe not distinguish it with your eyes. But like you can test, it's an objective thing. Yeah, so same thing here. You can see, hey, it's in the blockchain. This is the original. I have the private keys to the blockchain signature. 
Yeah, but that means that somebody has to care. Again, if I put yeah, it on my website, care. someone has to care someone, to check. A but just the same thing. You can put a poster of a Monet in your room and someone has to care that, hey, it looks exactly the same, but it doesn't have the same. You can have here, I'll make a different example. A world famous artist right now, replicate a Monet because they have preservers, right? Yeah. Uh, people who preserve art pieces, yeah. they, they can they literally get the strokes yeah. right and they can create the same piece, but it's not the original. It can look, I, you know, that's why most of them are fake now. It's sometimes very hard to tell. So then someone has to care that it's not the original. One. I mean, I think the key is really the timestamp. So that's the idea because like you can scan all the blockchains and you see okay what is the first blockchain that has this hash? exactly exactly yeah. but in the case of a fork the timestamp is exactly the same it's in one chain and the other chain but isn't it exactly... like an airdrop basically what do you mean? so like like when you when it forks yeah. you own stuff in the previous fork yes. as well yes so then what's the problem whoever owned the nft still owns both it, sure fine and so all they have to do is board a has to say we only support the new chain or Maybe we'll see how. But, but how what's it the problem up. with that? The problem is, do you now have half the value? Is it seventy thirty? Is it eighty twenty? Is it fifty fifty? No, but it's the same person that owns it. Sure. The whole thing is, it's non fungible. If it was fungible, I would yeah. agree with you. But if it's non fungible, whoever Maybe owns the non fungible thing, right? Like now you. I, I, but I guess the market then decides. Now you own two of them. One, they could say, "Hey, I want to pay a thousand bucks for the one on Ethereum, and only a hundred bucks in the one that's on Ethereum work, proof of work chain." Yeah. This whole thing to me, I don't know, but but I mean, it's an interesting. What do you think uh, would be the value of if they split the value of the token itself of Ethereum before? I guess the same thing. The market kind of decides and speculates on the value, or we'll see where people build. Right? Do they build in a proof of stake chain or proof of work? I I think this. Yeah, this. Um, I guess same thing of Bitcoin. Bitcoin Cash. Yeah. Why is Bitcoin Cash still trading? Or what value does it have? Who's building on it? I mean, it's just it's like, a speculation. But it's very, very low. The value went almost to zero. Sure. Same with enough. Bitcoin SV. Fair enough, right? So, so I think over time it'll probably be the same thing. Maybe the market just decides these things and ultimately it will. Yeah. As well. The market will. But I, I, my money is on the proof of stake because everybody, like all the main developers, are behind it. So, like, I don't think it's even a Unless, question. But in this case, this is what's interesting to me. It might be different because. I guess I guess it's the same. This is the block wars of 2017. Yeah. Now in Ethereum, miners are against and for proof of work. The community and developers are for proof of stake. Well, I think for future projects, it will be interesting. Yeah, if someone wants to build something that's a little bit more uh, government resistant, they'll build it on the proof of work. But then the other problem is like, how many mine? If, if the value of the proof of work token drops, how many miners will stay in business? Exactly. This is that grows gonna... Can they switch their mining uh, hash power to Bitcoin or is it ASICs? So like, I don't the government know, is bricked. No, the government, the hardware is bricked. I don't know. I don't know. This should be an interesting thing for us to look we, into. We could look into this. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not that deep into the into the mining specifications. Exactly. Can, like, can you switch the chips? Yeah. But the interesting point is to think how much of the value is the government resistance versus how much of the value is just a quick development, permissionless development on a financial system. I think that's the we're going to see it now. We're going to see it now. How much is... Although to a point, right? Let's say a lot of the value goes to the proof of stake chain and Ethereum. Maybe there's no value in the proof of work chain because the government resistant one now is Bitcoin, right? Mm, maybe, yeah, that's a good point. Maybe proof of stake goes up if Bitcoin goes out, work goes down, Ethereum, right? That yeah. could be the case. Yeah. So, because they're like, we don't need a second best 
for government resistant proof of work. There's a winner take all market, mm -hmm. which I actually believe is the yeah. case. Sure. Now there are other proof of work chains. Cadena is another one that's proof of work, that's fast, scalable, and so on. They, they have a different architecture than Bitcoin. It's a bunch of JP Morgan uh, uh, crypto fee. But yeah. I mean, the, the whole thing, it's not about the proof of work itself. It's the whole ecosystem. It's how many miners you have uh, yeah. that, that participate, the hash power and all of that. So, but it will be very interesting to see uh, further government action against this and uh, how the network develops on Ethereum. For sure. What would you think of our first uh, walking and talking episode? Yeah, you guys tell us. Uh, leave some comments. If you liked the episode, hit like and we'll do more uh, episodes like these. If you want us to ask Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez uh, what she thinks about Bitcoin, we can totally do that. Oh uh, my God. Put in the comments if you get a lot of oh. votes, we'll go there. Well, we should totally go in front of Congress and do this. And especially with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Oh my God, this is a genius idea. We, we could can have an interview with Cynthia Loomis without asking, right? Just like, hey, Cynthia. Yeah, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll just stalk them outside as they walk out of the, the Capitol building. Um, okay, we're going to do this at some point. Uh, I think we should do more of these walking, talking episodes. It's kind of nice. And um, the part, uh, hardcore finance listeners, until next time. Until next time. Bye-bye.